to the Indian Creek Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Our website is www.indiancreekbaptistchurch.org or our email address is info at indiancreekbaptistchurch.org. It is our sincere hope that through this podcast, God will speak to your heart and touch your life so that you may grow closer to him. Well, welcome back. We have been going through our series, Christianity 101, walking through the book of Judges, uh, trying to learn how to live for God by both looking at Israel's mistakes and at their triumphs. Last week, uh, God introduced us to Jephthah, Jephthah the Gileadite, and we saw how uh, the men of Gilead, uh, just because of how Jeth- Jephthah was born, just because of the circumstances around his birth, they threw him away. And then when the time came and they needed somebody, uh, they went and sought him, and their trash now has become a treasure. This week, Uh, Jephthah is going to begin uh, to deliver Israel, and he's going to go and he's going to confront the king of Ammon. So we're going to pick up in Judges chapter 11 and verse number 12. The Bible says, And Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, that thou art come against me to fight in my land? And the king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messengers of Jephthah, Because Israel took away my land, when they came up out of Egypt, from Arnon even unto Jabbok, and unto Jordan. Now therefore restore those lands again peaceably. And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon, and said unto him, Thus saith Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt, and walked through the wilderness under the Red Sea, and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto, and in like manner they sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent, and Israel bowed in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness, encompassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab, and came by the east side of the land of Moab, and pitched on the other side of Arnon, but came not within the border of Moab, for Arnon was, was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, the king of Heshbon. And Israel said unto him, Let us pass, we pray thee, through the land into my place. But Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sihon gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sihon and all his people into the land of, into the hand of Israel. And they came into the hand. Sorry. And they smote them, so Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. And they possessed all the coast of the Amorites, from Arnon even unto Jabbok, and from the wilderness even unto Jordan. So now the Lord God of Israel hath disposed the Amorites from before his people Israel, and shouldest thou possess it? Wilt not thou possess that which Chemosh thy God giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever the Lord our God should drive out from before us, them will we possess." And now art thou any better than Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel, or did he ever fight against them? While Israel dwelt in Heshbon and her towns, and in Aror and her towns, and in all the cities that be along by the coast of Arnon, three hundred years, 
Why, therefore, did ye not recover them within that time? Wherefore, I have not sinned against thee, but thou dost wrong, dost me wrong to war against me. The Lord, the judge, be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Howbeit, the king of the children of Ammon hearkened not unto the words of Jephthah, which he sent him. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. <clears throat> we thank you again for this glorious day. We thank you for this opportunity to gather here to hear your truth. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that our minds would be free of worry and distraction, that our hearts would be clear and open and soft. I pray that you would speak to us, that this truth would take root and grow in us and mold us and shape us into the men and women that you would have us to be. Lord, I do pray for those that are hurting today as we're drawing ever closer to Christmas. And I pray, Lord, that as we begin to look at this truth in our main service, that you would guide us and direct us, Lord, that you would protect us and that you would comfort us. So, God, please guide and direct today. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, <clears throat> the other thing that's happened, the reason that the Gileadites have gone to get Jephthah is because the children of Ammon have gathered themselves together and are wanting to make war against Israel. And um, so they are, they are afraid. They have sought God's face and asked God to deliver them. And God has promised that he would not deliver them. <coughs> Excuse me. But then they repented and turned back to God. And, and it softened God's heart. And now they've brought in Jephthah. And the first thing that Jephthah is going to do as he is uh, looking at this problem that's before Israel is what every one of us should do. He's trying to find out the whole problem. He's seeking answers. So he looks for a parlay. He looks for a communication with the king of Ammon. And he sends messengers to the king of Ammon to find out just what is going on. Why are they camped against Israel? Why are they fighting? Why are they desiring to fight Israel? Because understand that when we look back, the, the children of Ammon, the children of Moab, both came from Lot. <clears throat> Lot was a man that we know was a righteous man. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that that just man Lot vexed his soul daily as he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. But we also know that Lot had allowed the world to influence him to the point where when the angels came to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, they literally had to take Lot by the hand and drag him out of the city before they could destroy it. His wife had turned back and, and longed for the city and was turned to a pillar of salt. And, uh, he pled with the Lord to go to a smaller city instead of into the mountain. And the Lord allowed it. And, and then they got scared and they ran. Him and his daughters ran to the mountains. And that is where the children of Ammon and the children of Moab come from. Moab is the daughter of Lot and his oldest daughter. It is, or the son of Lot and his oldest daughter. And Ammon is named after Benami, the son of Lot and his youngest daughter. <clears throat> we all understand, or most of us will understand that relationship and all of those things. But these are people who should know God. Their father knew God. And the Bible calls him a righteous man. But, but here they are fighting against Israel. So as Jephthah sends to, to seek answers from the king of Ammon... His answer is returned, and it is, as oftentimes, very inaccurate, very inexact. The king of Ammon, <clears throat> we see, is holding on to some bitterness. 
He's upset because the children of Israel took away their land from Arnon even to Jabbok and unto Jordan. The problem is that this king is very mistaken. Not to mention at this point that it's been 300, a little over 300 years since the children of Israel came out of Egypt, since all of this originally took place and the children of Israel were given the land of Arnon and Jabbok and, and under the Jordan River, they were given all of that by God. The land wasn't even, didn't even belong to the children of Ammon. We read in verse number uh, 19 all the way down through verse number 24. It isn't by, by mistake that the Bible says Sihon the king of the Amorites. The Amorites are a completely different people. They have nothing to do with the children of Lot. They are a, a very pagan people. And it's this king that inhabited the land that Israel was given. Uh, they came out against Israel and fought and Israel defeated them and God gave them that land. So the land never even belonged to the children of Ammon. Yet the king is now finding an excuse to come and try and fight for it. Isn't this the way that things often happen in our world? Or even many times in our home? The argument that's happening isn't really or isn't even only about what had just happened. <clears throat> I mean, here, they're, they're arguing, they're upset about something that happened 300 years ago that didn't even happen to them. How often are we confronted by people uh, that are holding up a flag for someone else? I, I just read a, a story this morning. Um, got an email from, I can't even remember who it is, but it's a, a very conservative news outlet. And they were uh, talking about how a teacher in Virginia uh, just won an argument or just won a, a legal battle uh, that went all the way to the Virginia Supreme Court because he was fired for refusing to use the preferred pronouns of a student. Because the school board, not the student, the school board took up the cause of the students, which in some cases is just and right. But they demanded that this man use the proper pronouns that these students were, were uh, trying to go by. And he refused. Now, he didn't refuse completely. He refused to use the pronouns. He still used the student's preferred name because it was a name. And he was fired for it. <clears throat> but the school board, the, the state government even, went and fought for this child. And understand that there are times where this is just and right, where people who cannot fight for themselves need to be fought for. But nowhere did this student have any, have any issue with this teacher. The student that was directly affected had no issue with what the teacher was doing. They understood that the teacher had some beliefs... And allow them to live those beliefs. The world finds so many ways to get angry and have conflict just because they want to. Because it's part of our nature. So Jephthah 
understands that he needs to correct this history. He sends his messengers back. And understanding the culture and the heart of those who he's dealing with, he's trying to solve the issue without going to war. We've seen others who just, well, the king of Ammon. He has an issue and rather than try and solve it, he just wants to go to war. Jephthah here as one of the people of God is seeking not to compromise, but seeking a solution. And he explains that Israel made every effort to avoid both Moab and Ammon as they were leaving Egypt. He, he explains that they went the long way around. They sent messages to those kings and asked if they could go through their land. And when they were refused, they altered their course to go around. Now again, we talk, these are the children of Lot. Lot, who is a righteous man, a man who followed God, who the Bible tells us is a righteous man. But we also need to understand that Lot, as he traveled with Abraham, had to be removed from Abraham before the, son, the promised son, Isaac, could be born. Because Lot had allowed the world to influence him to such a great degree. This is a little side note, but sometimes some things need to be pruned. Even good things need to be pruned before we can see the full blessings of God. But Israel went the long way around so that they wouldn't disturb these two tribes. We need to understand that God promised that land to Moab and to Ammon. If you go back with me to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 2, <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 2, all the way back into chapter 1, is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. He is laying out history for the children of Israel. And in verse number 8 of Deuteronomy chapter 2, the Bible says, And when we passed by from our brethren, the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir, through the way of the plain of Elith, and from Ezion Geber, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. And the Lord said unto me, Distress not the Moabites, neither contend with them in battle, for I will not give thee of their land for a possession, because I have given Ar unto the children of Lot for a possession. God is telling Moses, or Moses is retelling the children of Israel, that God spoke to him directly and said, I have given this land to the children of Lot. Don't fight them. Don't try and take the land. This is not for you. But those nations that Israel sought help from refused. And God's promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob 
was that he would bless those that blessed Israel and he would curse those that cursed Israel. When Ammon and Moab and the Amorites refused to help Israel, they cursed Israel. If you remember the story, we reviewed it in Judges 11 here, that the king of the Amorites, Sihon, actually went out and fought against Israel. That's where this land came into play. But we also need to understand that the king of Moab, Moab Balak, the king of Moab, hired Balaam, a, fault or a prophet, to try and curse the children of Israel. That's the whole story of uh, Balaam and the talking donkey. You think that Disney just made that up? They didn't. It came from the Bible. The donkey talked. But Balaam was going because he was hired by Balak and, and the, the kings and princes to curse Israel. And God turned that curse into a blessing. But even in their own passive-aggressive way, they were trying to fight against Israel. God gave, them, God gave Israel this land and delivered them from this oppression. And as Jephthah continues on in speaking with the king of the Amorites, or the king of, the, of Ammon, he reminds him that they possess the lands that they have conquered. He says in verse number 23, it says, So now the Lord God of Israel hath disposed the Amorites from before his people Israel, and shouldest thou possess it? Wilt not thou possess that which Chemosh thy God giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever the Lord our God shall drive out from before us, them will we possess. He says, you go and when you fight against somebody, you take their land and you possess it. You don't turn around and give it back. You take it. It's yours now. You've conquered it. So why would we give this land back peaceably that wasn't even yours to start with? Why is there a different set of rules for you who are pagan people than there are for us who are God's people? Why the hypocrisy? Last week, I think even in this book of Judges, we talked about this very building. That it used to be a bar. And the fact that when I was growing up, I would sit in that back room that is now an apartment and I would play pool while... My mom was drinking. And then I would go to work or go to church on Sunday morning to one of the churches here in town. And the very people who were in that bar with me playing pool and laughing and carrying on and buying my mom drinks are the very ones that made me feel extremely unwelcome in church. Why is there a different set of rules? Proverbs 23.9 Proverbs 23.9 says Speak not in the ears of a fool for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Proverbs 26.4 says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. 
Jephthah is learning this lesson. The world wants to force their ideas on us. Even today, at gunpoint, even here in the United States, we are forced with legal ramifications. We, we were talking last week or, I don't know, sometime, but we were recounting uh, some friends of ours that were in Maine uh, when COVID hit. And um, they were being literally chased uh, the husband was being literally chased through a store because he had pulled his mask down. He was wearing a mask. He had just pulled it down so he could speak to his wife. And he was being chased through a store and, and threatened with a $1,000 fine for wearing something that was completely ineffective. They were out on the beach and being threatened with legal action in nature. Minding their own business. Yet, when we as Christians, when we as God's people stand up and say, I don't think this is right. We don't, generally don't do it in a threatening, violent way. Jephthah here is not threatening or violent. He's... He's talking to the king of Ammon. He's sending messengers saying, look, you are wrong. This is what happened. This is the true history. And yet, Ammon is still wanting violence. It's been 300 years since all of this has happened. Why have you waited 300 years? You weren't even king when this took place. You weren't even born when this took place. <laughs> I, I was listening to a, another, I think it might have been Glenn Beck or, or one of those guys, and they, they had made comments about uh, the reparations for slavery, that, that all these people are seeking reparations because their ancestors were held as slaves. And, and they first off said, well, you weren't even alive then. But then they said, what about all the people that were of your race that had slaves? Are you seeking reparations from them? Are you holding them to the same standard? Jephthah tells the king of Ammon, you had 300 years. God gave us this land and we're going to possess, possess it. He says, you're wrong and I've explained to you what God does to people who curse us. And now Israel is being backed into a corner. Very rarely in the book of Judges is Israel seen as innocent or the hero in the story. And even now, all of this is happening because Israel turned and went away from God. But this whole scenario, scenario uh, reminds me of a lot of the old westerns that I used to watch. And 
the hero is always minding his own business and just trying to live his life and 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 trying to get along and he just continually is backed into a corner and backed into a corner and goaded into a fight the problem is that when that fight finally comes the bad guy realizes very quickly that it wasn't a good idea we didn't read ahead and, and we're going to save that for next week but the king of Ammon is going to find this out up to this point God has protected Ammon God has given them land and allowed them to live their lives the way they want to live their lives but now they have chosen to come out against his children we know the story and we know what's going to happen to Ammon. So, what do we need to take from this today? There's nothing new under the sun. The same things that Jephthah is going through here in the book of Judges some 2,000 plus, 3,000, 4,000 years ago are the same things that we are going through here today trying to serve God. They're a struggle. They're a trial. They're a frustration. They may even be a hazard to our lives. But praise the Lord, we know the end of the story. We know how it all turns out. And I'm not saying that we're going to come through the next 10 years and we're going to be Jephthah and we're going to return home victorious, at least not to our earthly home. But one day soon we're going to return to our heavenly home victorious over death and sin because Christ has already paid for all of it. And those who are continually cursing God and cursing his people are going to spend an eternity in the lake of fire in torments forever. So many times in those westerns that I watched growing up, the hero was always seen as this weak and lowly person just because he was quiet. Just because he wasn't loud and seeking attention. That comes from the Bible too. Our hero, our Lord and Savior is pictured as a lamb. He came to this earth as a baby. Unassuming. Not threatening. He walked this earth and never lifted a hand in violence to anyone and today he works through those who would seek to live their life to be able to believe what they believe and to influence those around them not by force but with love But one day, one day very soon, that same Lord is going to return. 
and he's not returning as a lamb anymore. We've looked at it a couple of times, but the, the New Testament, the Gospels tell us that when the men came to arrest Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And the two simple words, three simple words, I am he, laid them all flat on their backs. He demonstrated his power. One day soon, the Bible tells us that the blood is going to run bridle deep on a horse because Christ is going to come back and take his rightful place. Jephthah is giving the king of Ammon an escape. He's giving him an opportunity to repent, to turn to God and to serve him. I think for the majority of us in here today, we've all taken that opportunity. But we need to remember that there's still a world around us that hasn't. And we need to do everything that we can, just as Jephthah did, to persuade, to show the truth But we also need to understand that sometimes it's better to just let a fool be a fool.